every mayor like Wheeler, there was a governor like Cuomo. When you finally figure out the truth, just like that, your city is on fire. They only care about themselves, only them and no one else. Define the police, cities given to the thieves. Only way to play this is to blame Donald Trump. To get away scot-free is to blame Mr. Trump. Of course they're corrupted, but blame President Trump. Many will follow their lead. Out of place, we ain't caring about your feelings, yeah. Anytime, any place, you can feel it here. Steven, then you out of space, so we clear the air. Any topic, and it's safe, so just be prepared. Don't assume, keep it straight, we might keep it fair. The news, a page, we gon' keep it real. If you tune in, then you sick for real. A Bluetooth, we took the red pill. Every image in the video, talk about it. Different views on the subject, we must talk about it. At the end of the day, we just talking, homie. Only me in the room, but it's like a party. Introducing Steven Daniel. You ever get tired of other people, even in isolation? I'm not talking about the people you isolate with because that shit gets old after a week. But the people you encounter when leaving the house for a break from the people you're isolating with. Between people making masks a political thing to people fighting each other over toilet paper, the past six months have been shit. It's like if some nature gods or something are finally seeking their own retribution for the way people have treated it for all of time. It's like Godzilla has emerged from the depths while Rodin is flying through the skies. They are both here to kill mankind for all the shit we've been pulling. And people have the audacity to say that the COVID-19 is a hoax. I bet when Rodin was flying through the sky and Godzilla was stomping through Tokyo, some jackasses were saying that they were hoaxes too. Run! Run! What do you mean no? It's not a hoax. Do you not see what's going on? Fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news. Jackasses. I was taking a walk the other day and this dude was looking all squirrely. Like he was on some hard drugs or drank too much coffee. I don't know. We all know people like that or have ran into them occasionally. So I see this Karen type walk up to this guy and ask him to wear a mask. I don't understand why he wasn't wearing one, but he gets up in Lady Karen's face and he laughs on her. Not at her, like a good he laughs on her. Before this pandemic, this would have annoyed me a little bit, but now it's like a fucking biological weapon. That mother used a biological weapon on a person. Unbelievable. I mean, come on, guys. Get it together. Even if you don't want to wear a mask, just try to be a decent human being. Anyways, hello, out of place friends. It is September, and I already had my pumpkin spice kick. Yes, I'm one of those pumpkin spice pricks, and I don't give a damn what you think. My favorite thing to have right now is the pumpkin cream cold brew at Starbucks. Perfect on the calorie counting front and super. Mm. Make sure if you want to try it, you get that foam nice and thick. Trust me. So. People might call me crazy for saying this, but I feel like all of the chaos that we have seen so far in 2020 is going to be over real soon. 
Just kidding. Those adult children still living with mommy, you know, the ones that have never got their asses whooped, are still out there rioting and messing things up for everyone. And gender reveal parties literally setting states on fire now. Damn. Watch when Trump wins. It's going to be even crazier. What if Biden wins? Trump supporters are going to go crazy too. Partially right. But this is what I think will happen if Biden wins. Trump supporters are going to protest peacefully, but with guns. The left have their nut jobs with BLM and Antifa, but so do the right, like the Proud Boys and the alt-right racists. They will be there with their guns, waiting for someone dumb enough to start sh- Then you will have the same idiots that burn down cities, that set off fireworks at officers' faces and throw crazy shit at officers too, That and, you know, the people that beat up and kill other people who were dumb enough to wear a MAGA hat around. Those people will start sh- with the far-right radical idiots and people will die. I'm serious. Prepare, ladies, gentlemen, mindless robots, or whatever you want to call yourself for some super crazy. And it will go on until February. Watch. Just be as safe as you can be. And I hate to have to say this because it goes against freedom and freedom of speech and all that. But whatever your political beliefs are right now, be neutral. Don't let anyone know your political views for now. It is the only thing that will keep you safe. It's sad, but it's true. Please keep safe. And I really hope that I'm wrong. With all that said, I'm not going to let anyone mess with my favorite time of the year. My favorite months are October for Halloween, November for Gobble Gobble Let's Get Chubby Day, December because, of course, Christmas, and January because it's always a great time to start things fresh. And when I get to treat myself to a bad, yummy, expensive ribeye steak for my birthday. What? I can't eat like that all the time. I'm not the YOLO type that can just throw money away like that for what? For food? Nope. Can't do it. Wish I could. Anyways, I'm not letting the Andy Tifas, the election, the Karens, the SJWs, the BLM organization, the feminazis, the climate alarmists, and all the spineless professors ruin the rest of 2020 for me. No way. And you should not let them ruin it for you, too. The governors and the mayors are already canceling Halloween in your town. Don't let them ruin it. Get together as a community and do what's best for you guys. Trick or treat with the social distancing guidelines, because if you can be a fat and go to Walmart and buy chips and dip, people can take their damn kids trick or treating or do something like like when you drive around looking at Christmas lights, maybe have families dress up and stay in their lawns and have a community drive by to see Halloween decorations and costumes, you know, something for the kids. Get together and get creative. Wherever you live, whether you live in the burbs or the city or in apartment buildings, figure out something fun for your community. The uptight local politicians that have ruined 2020 for you. Have some fun and make sure you make someone smile. And speaking of Halloween, next month's episode will be different. It will be uploaded on Halloween. I have something fun planned for you lovely listeners. Already casting many voiceover artists for a fun horror story. Super excited for that. Uh, the Thanksgiving and Christmas episodes will be the same thing. The Thanksgiving special will be on Thanksgiving. The Christmas special, you guessed it, will be uploaded on New Year's Eve. Just kidding. On Christmas Day, those three episodes will have skits, music, and a whole lot of fun. I will continue being an out of place in January. 
So let's get this episode started. Today's touchy topic is going to be about politics. Yes, politics. Earlier this year, I had planned to talk about politics in October, you know, just before the election, but I ain't letting something that sensitive ruin Halloween for me. So I'm talking about it this month. For the fun topic, just like I did with Disney and Six Flags, I am going to talk about my ideas for Universal Studios. There are two new segments I'm excited to debut, and Britt has something new for you, too. Let's get started. Time to get touchy. Get ready to be triggered. Sensitive topics. Oh, look, they're about to cry. All consensus will see. Nobody likes a snowflake. What is Steven's problem today? Now, before I start talking about politics, I need you all to do something for me, no matter who you support, no matter who you are going to vote for. Just for now, let's pretend you're not affiliated with any party. You're not a Democrat. You're not a Republican. You're not an independent. You're not on the fence. Nothing. No one will know whether you're listening to Out of Place while you're driving to work or driving around doing errands or listening to this podcast while you're taking a walk or exercising while you're working on a jigsaw puzzle. While you're cooking or baking, while you're doing chores around your home, listening to me while you're just browsing social media nonsense or adding things in shopping carts that you're not going to buy, while you're gardening, while you're on vacation, while you're gaming, while you're staring off into space, while you're just sitting drinking your favorite wine, beer, cocktail, coffee or tea, while you're playing with your pets, while you're knitting, crocheting and woodworking, while you're cruising on the bike, while you're studying, which out of place is a poor choice for that. But what the f*** are you thinking? Or maybe you're just laying down. Whatever you're doing, it's just you and me. Nobody has to know what you really think. There is nobody around to impress. There is nobody around to fear. Just you and me. I won't tell anybody because this is pre-recorded and I have no idea who's going to listen to this. You ready? The reason why I'm doing this is because I will be triggering both sides. I just want to get you into a different mindset instead of going right to acting like a snowflake. When people force their ways onto others, that is when problems begin. The next thing I want to say before getting into it is that you are going to hear me talk about optics a lot during this segment. What do I mean? Even though you are told not to judge a book by its cover, we all still do. How a trailer looks, how the ebook cover looks, how your photo make you look on Instagram, how your car looks, how your makeup looks, how that shirt looks, also how things sound. We're going to go through this segment with that mentality so you can understand the opposition a little better. Why? Think about it like this. Think about the number six. Imagine the number painted on the floor. One person can be on the left and say that it's the number nine. Opposite of that person is another person that says that the number is six. Just because you are right does not mean the other side is wrong. You just haven't seen through the eyes of the other person. I hope to help you guys on both sides understand why people vote the way they vote and how we can learn to respect each other again, no matter if you disagree. I am one of those people who believes that you don't have to be loyal to anything, that you can agree with both sides like I do. I've met a Democrat who was pro-choice, against affirmative action, pro-gun control, in the middle with crime policies, does not like high taxes on the bridge, like having an updated strong military, more conservatives when it comes to the economy, and favors some regulations. And that is amazingly fine. To begin, let's start with my experience with politics. And this is when I'm going to start pissing people off, the conservatives and the liberals, with my ignorant past decisions. But remember. You're pretending to not be part of anything. So I just need you to chill the hell out. I was born in 1986 when Ronald Reagan was president. 
was three years old when Bush Sr. was president, was seven years old when Bill Clinton was president, and was 15 years old when he left office. Now, at that time, I'm older and I was able to understand what the grownups were saying about politics. What was the popular thing I heard through music, TV shows and movies? The thing that went around and that stuck with me was that Bill Clinton was a pimp. Anyone who impersonated him was like, yeah, I'm cool. I can't even do that. Right. But I thought he was cool for getting in trouble because of his affair. It was what my friends were saying, what I heard on 99 Jams, what I heard on Power 96 and what I saw in cartoons and shows like SNL. I didn't care what he did. Still gave no f- about politics. And if I could have voted for him then, I would have. Then it was GW. And all I heard everywhere was how dumb this guy was. Making up words, squinting all the time, everywhere. People were saying he was so stupid, racist, dumb, all that bullshit. It's kind of funny because I only remember him really as Will Farrell and Frank Caliendo. I know what the real f- looks like, but when I think of President GW, I think of those two actors. So fast forward to 2004, and I'm now 18, able to vote for the first time. I was super excited to vote, but I still didn't care and gave zero f- about politics. My parents never really was political. At least I don't remember any conversation involving politics. So when I was at the voting booth, I voted for DW because of how many people talked about him. They kept calling him dumb. So I thought, hey, since I was always going against the mob during my teenage years and still doing it today, I thought it would be funny to vote for the dummy. So fast forward to 2008, the year I got married and the start of our military life and away from living with our parents. Still didn't care about politics, but it was time to vote. I voted for Barack Obama because I thought it would be great to have a black president in my lifetime. That's it. I didn't care about anything else. I said, politics and moved on. Fast forward to 2012. Now I started to care a little bit more about politics. My wife being in the military and us living in the military bases, I started seeing the funding go way down. I looked for answers as to why there was limited funding for the bases and why does my wife have to sleep in barracks and work in buildings with extreme mold issues? Why was her raises getting smaller and smaller every year? That is when I learned that the Democrats do not like the military. That is when I learned that the Obama administration had cut so much funding for the military that we had to deal with mold issues, raises, and horrible medical for active duty members. For me and my son, it was great. Family members in the military get great medical because we can go anywhere that accepts TRICARE. But for active duty members and veterans, it is way beyond sh- And it still is. You would be so very horrified to see what is going on. If you weren't in the military seeing it up close, you wouldn't know. I didn't vote that year. I didn't follow politics. I still didn't care. So I said I wasn't voting at all. Now, fast forward to 2015. Now moving to our new station in Alameda, California from Baltimore, Maryland. My father-in-law joined us as we drove cross country from Miami, Florida. Halfway there, we started talking about politics and I was shocked and disappointed in myself. Here is a man, my father-in-law, who was born and raised in South Africa, who knew more about the United States government than me, a f***ing American. I was so embarrassed. I told myself that I'm going to start fresh and do my own research. I am going to write down everything I want for my country, what I want the country to be, and things that I want to see changed. Remember, I never cared about politics before 2015, and my immediate family didn't talk politics, so I didn't know and was not on anybody's side. First thing I wrote down was, I want to be able to say I love America. 
It felt like from my teenage years that it was kind of taboo to be proud to be American. I never understood that. Why was it bad to say they pledge allegiance in school like I did before? I grew up watching sports and seeing people chant for their favorite team, people dressing up as their favorite characters from movies and chanting that their side is the best. But if I said I'm proud to be an American, people around me acted like little I did not know why. I mean, it felt good after 9-11 when people came together, but little after that, it was like, you again, America sucks. I was always like, well, why the f*** are you here? The second thing I wrote down was education. I have seen it decline for years and kept hearing it getting worse. I had to start worrying because my oldest was going to start school in a couple of years. It was important to me. I couldn't afford to live in places that had nines and ten school ratings on Zillow. I wasn't able to go to certain colleges that I really wanted to go to because money sucked. I didn't have the money for that. I wanted someone that can make going to college more possible for me and my children. The next thing I wrote down was immigration. I knew that it was always an issue for people growing up. So I thought maybe I should understand what people meant. And I started thinking about people in my family, people I work with, my family and her immediate family, all doing it the right way and waiting in line and going through the proper channels. I have friends that couldn't go to the local government places in South Florida to become a citizen. They had to keep flying to D.C. back and forth. So I thought that anyone who wanted to come in should not cut the line, period. Then upon my research, people were talking about the wall. I said, sure. Why? Because I thought, well, People have fences, live in gated communities, have bars on windows, all for what? To keep the heads out. So I said, sure, a wall. It felt like every president talked about the wall anyways, not just the Republicans. Check it out. We're going to have border security. It's going to be tight. It's going to be strong. We're going to let people into our country gladly, but they're going to come in legally. That includes for the farmers who need help and for others. But we are going to have powerful, strong border security. We'll certainly do some good. They will authorize some badly needed funding for better fences and better security along our borders. And that should help stem some of the tide of illegal immigration. America needs to secure our borders. And with your help, my administration is taking steps to do so. We're increasing worksite enforcement, deploying fences and advanced technologies to stop illegal crossings. We've effectively ended the policy of catch and release at the border. And by the end of this year, we will have doubled the number of Border Patrol agents. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. The next thing I wrote down was infrastructure. I was tired of seeing travel videos and photos of places around the world that are more beautiful than here. Do we have some gorgeous places? Yes, but they are small when you look at America as a whole. I was born and raised in South Florida. I lived in Opelika and Hialeah back and forth until middle school. Then we moved to Hollywood, Florida. All those places are still sh- Then my parents worked really hard to get us to move west from all that to Silver Lakes and Pembroke Pines and Miramar. It was way nicer, and that was when I started high school. Certain parts of South Florida are nice. Not saying that any of those places I mentioned are complete. Some places are nice, but in between, it feels like pure crowded. When I lived in Buford, Georgia and worked in Atlanta, same thing. Nice here and there, but shit in between. Our first base was Seattle in 2008, and driving cross-country, 
I saw so much beauty as far as land and mountains go, but roads and towns. Seattle actually surprised me a little. From 2008 and 2009, it was nice. My wife was based in Seattle and we lived in Bangor Navy Station in Silverdale. For those of you who live there and are like, why the f*** so far? It was our first station. We were newly married, first time in our place alone, and didn't realize or paid attention while we rode the ferry from Seattle to Bainbridge. Didn't think about it until it was commute to work time. I was lucky. My work had me traveling on our side. I worked in Polesbo, Silverdale, Oak Harbor, and Squim. All pretty, and I really didn't see a lot of places. I don't know if it's changed or not. I mean, except for Chaz or Chad or whatever. Anyways, from Seattle, we got stationed to go to Key West from there. Key West is also sh- You got some nice spots, but when you walk away from the tourist spots near the now Margaritaville Hotel, it's sh- But when you're drunk, you don't give a f- That's the truth. Baltimore was our next station, and damn, Maryland and D.C. It's mostly pure sh- You have nice corners in the cities like the Inner Harbor in Baltimore, where we went for the aquarium to see Disney on ice and to eat at the Hard Rock Cafe and walk around a little bit. That's all we did there. Everywhere else was sh- You just have to find a perfect corner here and there to feel comfortable for shopping and eating like uh, getting a bagel and coffee at Bagels and Grinds off the 295 on um, what's it called? The Arundel Mills Boulevard. Then we went cross country again to California. This time we were at the bottom of the states. Before we headed to the Bay Area, we wanted to take the boys to Disney California Adventure to see Lightning McQueen. On the way, mostly shit. The only nice place we stayed at along the way was on the river in San Antonio. We figured why the not since we were passing through, and it was really nice. But the next day and on, mostly roads and cities with nice spots here and there. Beautiful land. Being the driver, you see a lot of beautiful landscapes. You appreciate the country a lot more when you get out of your bubble and actually experience the United States. When we got to Disney, we couldn't believe that just outside of the Disney property, it's kind of When you have been to Orlando Disney as often as I did, you would understand it too. Bay Area was with many nice spots here and there. My favorite place we hung out all the time was Dublin and Livermore, which was 40 minutes from us. Well, 30 30 to 40 minutes from us without traffic. Everywhere else was with some kind of okay places like Concord and Walnut Creek. Now we live in Irvine, some looking areas, but it has more nice spots than others. It's not as glamorous as many make it out to be, but it's still way better than most cities out there. My favorite area near us where we do most of our shopping is Foothill Ranch. The point that I was making that took me so long to make, sorry about that, was that there are way too many places in the United States and it shouldn't be like that. The next thing I wrote down that was important to me was jobs. I did not agree with how the Obama administration destroyed factory towns. I knew people who experienced it firsthand, and I have seen it with my own eyes, too. Towns abandoned and destroyed because of outsourcing overseas. I remember the Obama speeches about new energy, this and that, and it sounded amazing. I mean, some of his speeches gave me goosebumps, but I didn't know how they were going to go about it. I didn't know that they were not going to prep cities or transition them properly. And just a blink of an eye, it was all gone for these people. Economies destroyed, families destroyed. The only people that seemed to benefit were mostly overseas. When you see how it affects people you care about firsthand, you would have felt mad and furious too. But when you're far away from it and don't care, it all just sounds like noise, especially when the media downplayed it. The next thing I wrote down was obvious. Someone that would take care of us in the military. I wanted someone to fix the bases, cutters, and 
fix the medical for active duty members and veterans. That's it. The last thing I wrote down was showing the world that United States were not incompetent. We were a joke and still a damn joke. I remember watching Conan O'Brien and he had a segment that said, why China is kicking our ass. I didn't understand why the world kept progressing and we were behind like idiots. I remember seeing a documentary uh, showing what the world would be like without the United States being what it is today. It showed how much money we give and who we protect. I was like, why the do we give so much money to other countries that hate us and see us as a damn joke? That was my list of what was important to me. I didn't know the candidates, and I thought that this thing on paper was a good start. Remember, I didn't know shit about politics. I didn't know what Democrats believed in and what they did in the past. And it was the same thing for the Republicans. I didn't know what they did or have done. I didn't know shit. Blank slate. I wrote down the what I wanted the politicians to talk about. Now it was time to pick a candidate. And I was excited. I, I started doing research. I was pumped. Just a quick glance at first, I saw Hillary. And I was like, hey, it would be cool to see a woman as president in my lifetime. She was the first lady and I knew she worked for Obama, but didn't know what the fuck she did. I thought, hey, she got experience. So I put her at the top of the list before seeing what any other politician believed in. It was just a quick observation. Again, I did not know. I started doing research into each politician running for president. My top five that appealed to me the most was this. Fifth, Donald Trump. Fourth. Ben Carson, third, Bernie Sanders, second, Hillary Clinton, first, Jill Stein. In that order. I know some of you are like, what the f***? Your list is f crazy. Remember, I wasn't loyal to anyone. Now that I have my top five, it was time to start researching even more. I really started to get pissed off. This is when I learned how corrupt the Republican Party, and the Democrat Party is. I asked myself during the debate why the f Jill Stein and the other independent candidates were not able to debate. They were on the f presidential ballot, but they couldn't debate. I was like, what the f is all that about? I learned that unless we change the system, independent candidates will never get elected. So I had to remove my number one pick. I took Carson out because I felt like he was too soft-spoken. I like a lot of the things that he said. He was just too soft. Now I'm left with Hillary, Bernie, and Trump. So while I waited to see who was the nominee for each party, you know, the, the final two, one for each party, I decided to do research. I didn't want to look up all their achievements because they're going to shout that themselves and all their debates and rallies and shit. I wanted to research on all the negative things people were saying about them. And by the way, in all the other episodes and in the future, and I'm going to explain now, when I say I research, that means I read everything from everywhere, from people that are biased to their side, to people who are not affiliated with anyone and just want to tell the facts. I listen to both sides. If you were to see who I follow, you would probably be shocked. I follow Democrats, independents and Republicans, everyone, because I'm always interested in what the other side says. If I block you or unfollow you, it is because you either went too far left or too far right and support violence and anything that gets in the way of positive change or be, you became a mindless robot and follow those types of people blindly. I still research that way and I highly recommend you do too because most of the time it is not fake news. Most of the time there is some truth to it. It is up to you to not fall for 
so quickly. It is too easy to get angry at a headline or a post from someone you follow. But if something angers you so much and so quick, always research the source. You will be able to brush off the bullshit from your side quickly. Trust me. Anyways, I started with Hillary. People were saying that she had people murdered left and right. I didn't care. It was all a theory and there was no proof. So I didn't give a sh. People were yelling about her emails. I didn't care. People were yelling about Benghazi. I didn't care. People listed all corrupted things she was doing when working for Obama, but I'm sorry. I still didn't care. I felt like since I was not into politics before, I really should not have an opinion about the past because I didn't know sh There was only one thing that got me to not like the Clintons. One thing. It started by seeing so many comments from Haitians all saying the same thing. Clintons are enemies of Haitians. I had to research to see what the f*** was all that about. The short version, and you can research on your own if you want to get into it a little bit more, is this. The Clintons took over things after the 2010 earthquake in Haiti that killed an estimate of 220,000 people. And the Clintons did a pretty poor job of it. At that time, Hillary was Secretary of State and Bill was UN Special Envoy to Haiti. This is when optics came into play. The Clinton Foundation was going to be donating a lot of money to rebuild, to help farmers lift themselves out of poverty, to install clean energy, and to support women through literacy training and job skills. It all sounded great. You can look up videos and media coverage of, of them talking about it. A lot of good puff pieces. But when the media went away and people went on with their lives, the money went to a manufacturing site. Money going to friends of the Clintons. This project caused several hundred farmers to be evicted from their land to make way for a 600-acre manufacturing site, which produces clothes for retailers such as uh, uh, for stores like Target. The Clintons did not keep their promise. And that didn't sit right with me. It didn't. After this, I took her out of the list because people are saying, well, well, she's a woman. She's a woman. But I didn't want to vote for her because she had a I did that with Obama because of his skin color and, you know, because I didn't care about politics at the time and other important things. And I regretted it. Now it was time to research the negative things on Trump. First thing people were saying and still saying today was that he is racist. I was confused at first because before 2016, this mother was a Democrat. Nobody said about him. I saw him always standing next to many famous black people throughout his career. His name always in rap music. People wanted to be him. He even poured so much money into the Democrats and no one said shit. it confused the hell out of me because when you don't care about politics, all this shit is noise. But I wanted to know what the did he do to now be a racist? What did he say that caused people that liked them to turn on him so fast? This is before I found out that it has always been a Democrat tactic, but I didn't know this. I researched the first claim. He said, all Mexicans are rapists. I watched the unedited video, watched the entire speech, waiting for the moment. I made it to the end and I didn't hear it. I had to go back and watch it again. Then I found the part. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. But I speak to border guards, and they tell us what we're getting. And it only makes common sense. It only makes common sense. They're sending us not the right people. It's coming from more than Mexico. 
It's coming from all over South. And- now, that did not say all Mexicans are rapists and criminals. I heard what he said. I read the transcripts. I couldn't believe how quick people took it out of context and still saying the same lie today. I know Hillary lost. I'm sorry. Remember, I was ignorant to the media bias tactics. Anyways, you have to be naive to think there are no illegal immigrants coming over the border. And if they do make it over, like he said, some are good, but like everywhere else, people f*** it up. There are many that commit horrible crimes, such as rape. There are human traffickers and smugglers. Like I said, you have to be naive and living in a special white privilege bubble in the suburbs to think that nothing happens down there. Just like I didn't care about Hillary's emails, I didn't care about this, and I moved on. The next thing was his talk about immigration. But this always confuses me because you can check out every president before that talked about this subject, and you could hear the rhetoric, and it's the same as Trump. Check it out. But today, our immigration system is broken, and everybody knows it. Families who enter our country the right way and play by the rules watch others flout the rules. Business owners who offer their workers good wages and benefits see the competition exploit undocumented immigrants by paying them far less. All of us take offense to anyone who reaps the rewards of living in America without taking on the responsibilities of living in America. And undocumented immigrants who desperately want to embrace those responsibilities see little option but to remain in the shadows or risk their families being torn apart. Even as we are a nation of immigrants, we're also a nation of laws. Undocumented workers broke our immigration laws, and I believe that they must be held accountable, especially those who may be dangerous. That's why over the past six years, deportations of criminals are up 80%. And that's why we're going to keep focusing enforcement resources on actual threats to our security. Felons not families, criminals, not children, gang members. Yet we also need to acknowledge that we will never fully secure our border until we create a lawful way for foreign workers to come here and support our economy. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. Most of us want the U.S. to gain control of the border, no matter what side you're on. So I didn't care about that one. I move on to the next thing on the list. Trump hates women. In my research, I found out that he had placed so many women in top positions throughout his businesses when it was not popular to do so. So I was able to ignore that. Then I saw all the comments he made to women, calling them names and shit. And, th- and I got kind of pissed off, but not at him, at everyone else. A woman can call him all kinds of names. And those same women who want to be treated as an equal, they forgot that he's a f- 
So when he says something back, all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, no, you can't do that to women. You can't say that. See, he hates women. Fucking hypocritical, foolish feminazis. If a woman calls me an, out of anger and ignorance, I am going to call her a f- I am. Then it was that audio clip of him admitting he grabs. Okay, now I can say that this is the bad thing. And throughout 2016, a lot of people don't remember this. I mean, I remember it. There were so many celebrities out there, so many people with big money. Even Larry Flint was offering so much money, not to charity, not to anything that should be important. No, they wanted to award people so much money if they found anything on Trump. All these people, this is what what if you use common sense, okay, and you see all the everywhere that they complain about this and that and blah, 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 right? This is the best that they can do. The best. So right now, the only really thing that he's done is say stupid on Twitter. That's it. That's all they can go with. So throughout 2016, he was still doing, saying stupid off the cuff in his rally, you know, saying it not the political way. He's not saying it the presidential way. Same thing with tweeting. He was talking like all you motherfuckers. That's how I saw him. How you text, how you tweet and post on social media. That's how this mother talked. Just like you. I understood a lot of what he was saying, but sometimes I'm like, oh, the f- you couldn't say it better. But this is what pisses me off today. I don't understand that when Biden or anybody else you know, just slips up, say something and didn't mean it that way. It just sounded bad. The left is always quick to forgive. But Trump says a little thing. They want to hang Trump. They want to say the most horrible things about him and every other conservative, no matter what show we want, no matter what it is, you're going to get fired and it sucks. And that's how 2016 was. So anyways, back to researching. Now it was time to research Bernie. I liked him. He was a lot like Trump fighting the establishment. Like Trump, he was not bought and paid for by big money interests. And the only negative things I could find was him kissing ass. That's it. Not as bad as all the shit Hillary was accused of doing. The only thing that turned me off a little bit about Bernie was when he condoned and justified violence from anti-Trump protesters. This is what he said. What our supporters are doing uh, is responding to a candidate uh, who has, in fact, uh, in many ways, encouraged uh, violence. So now I had Bernie versus Trump in my mind. I like Trump not holding back and changing the way people play politics. And I liked how Bernie Sanders' campaign was taking on the billionaire class and wanted to reduce inequality as far as money goes. And I also liked his college plan. I know people were saying, oh, well, who's going to pay for that? Oh, who's going to pay for them? I'm like, to be honest, I was like, I don't give a f-. That was the f- truth. I'm like, I didn't give a f-. I could get my f- things paid and I could probably go back to college because now I can afford it. It was selfish. Who gives a sh-? Fast forward to when Bernie got f-ed over and Hillary became the Democratic candidate. Now we got Hillary versus Trump and boy, it was ugly. I liked that Hillary had experience and I liked that Trump was against being bought out. I thought that having a lobbyist controlling politicians is f-ed up. I took on my list that I have forgotten about, and it looked like Trump was in line with my list more than Hillary. So I decided to support Trump. But I still wanted more time to think about it. As soon as I told people that I was leaning a little bit more toward Trump, people got real nasty. I was not loyal to any party. I liked Bernie a little more than Trump, and I wasn't going to be like, well, 
I'm only dedicated to Democrats, so I'll support Hillary no matter what, because Bernie was no longer a, a potential candidate. So no, 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 no. I wasn't going about to do that. People, mostly white people, were saying the most racist shit to me. People were threatening my life, my family's life. I have friends and family disowning me. It was bad. I couldn't believe it. I didn't even say I'm voting for the dude. I, I just told them that I was just thinking about it. And they got so nasty. I was pissed. I did not want to be bullied to support a certain candidate. I was ready for war. I got really defensive. Many liberals couldn't debate properly. They would say something that I was able to challenge. And when they couldn't back their shit up, names and threats. And I continued to get defensive. And I dedicated a lot of my free time to piss them all the fuck off. Remember, I was ignorant before 2015 with anything political. I wasn't loyal to anything. I was naive to think that I can just pick a politician like picking a sports team and move on. Every radio station I turned on, every show I turned to, every talk show host I used to love watching. And as I watched the award shows, as I watched interviews of all my favorite celebrities, they all made it seem like I am the bad guy. It was a horrible feeling. I'm not racist. I'm not a white supremacist. I'm not privileged. I'm not homophobic. I'm not xenophobic. I wasn't anything that these people said I was. And all this took me by surprise. I got depressed and pissed all at once. For the second half of 2016, I was furious with people. The moment that I learned that I had to stop around with politics the way I was going about it, when I witnessed people vandalizing Trump supporters' cars and their homes, that is when I realized that the world was full of mindless robots and sheep. It was like the Matrix. Someone just woke me up, but what woke me up was people's ugliness. Now it's 2020, and there are many family and friends that still don't talk to me, still act like little... I'm still not loyal to any party. I will still vote with logic and question everything. I will challenge conservatives if I have to. I will challenge liberals if I have to. And we'll continue to make fun of all people who are not independent thinkers. So here's what I want to do. I want you all to understand the opposition. I want you all to understand why people who you about is voting for the other side. I want you conservatives to understand that just because of the idiots in BLM and Antifa doesn't mean that all Biden supporters want that. There are many Biden supporters that are questioning their mayors and governors. There are many who want things to stop, but they just don't like Trump. I want you liberals to understand that all conservatives are not racist and all the other you keep calling them. Just take a moment and calm down just for today. I mean, I hope that I can change at least one person to start thinking differently. Just pretend that you're not voting for anyone and that you don't care at all. That you would be fine. That you're to the point that you could be, you could hug someone from the other side of the aisle. So first, let's start with Democrats. So I want you Republicans to listen up. The first group of voters that will vote Democrat are illegal immigrants. That is a no-brainer. I want you to think of the illegal immigrants that have the good qualities. You agree with me in the beginning and agree with Trump that some Mexicans that come over are good people. Just like Trump said, think about those good people. Think about the liberal policies that allowed them to get a fresh start in the States. I don't agree with how they got here, but take a moment to see how they work so very hard 
and how hard they also pay their taxes just like you, sacrificing time with family and friends. The ones that make you really mad are the ones who don't work hard that are criminals and take advantage of the system. I have worked and been friends with illegal immigrants. I have met some of the most hardworking individuals. And most of the time, these illegal immigrants are the ones slowly becoming U.S. citizens and are more conservative than you think. But Democrats are the only ones reaching out to them, the only ones helping them. They all hate the illegal immigrants that do heinous crimes against Americans. Most of the time, they will welcome you to their home. But when we all see Republicans, including the president, only highlighting the criminal acts of illegal immigrants, it just drives them more toward Democrats. Next are some of the homeless. I have seen liberal policies help family and friends with programs that help them get on their feet. Most cities that our Republicans spend resources to be rid of the homeless and not help them out like the Democrat cities do. So, of course, you got them voting for Democrats if they can vote. Next are the black Americans. It all comes down to loyalty. It doesn't matter what the Democrats did to them back then. It doesn't matter what the Democrats have done for them now. It doesn't matter if you tell them that racism had a great resurgence under President Obama and former Attorney General Eric Holder. They are loyal and will stick with Democrats no matter what. They believe that Democrats are on their side. I grew up thinking that Republicans are for the rich and against minorities and the Democrats are for the poor and for minorities. It was an ignorant thought. So when you have that mindset and you are too stubborn to think logically, nothing is going to change your mind. Racism is the one word that dominates the politics of the left and it's the basis of the majority of today's conflicts between the left and right. Black Americans are not blind. They're not stupid. They are just loyal. That's it. The majority of the LGBTQ plus community will vote for Democrat. Why? Because of you damn traditional Christians. Y'all still to this day continue to condemn them because it was what you were taught. I'm a Christian, and but I don't agree with you. Stephen, you use vulgar language and so much profanity. You are not a Christian. And if you are, then you are a horrible Christian because I remember you getting baptized earlier this year. I saw the photo on Instagram. First of all, there's only one person that can judge me, and that's God. And I want you to listen, Karen and Ken. I have a personal relationship with God. He knows me, and I think God is an ass too. If you read the Bible, you would see it too. I actually think that he would laugh his ass off at out of place. I know I just pissed off many of you, but I don't give a sh Stop calling them stupid and dumb for voting for a Democrat because most of you have been driving them away for years. You can't expect them to run over to your side when you have people like the amazing Lucas. And I do like some of his videos and still going to keep watching him. But I don't like it when he calls them the alphabet community or when talking about trans, he calls them ma'am. I don't agree with that. I have met and befriended so many people in the LGBTQ plus community, especially when living in Key West. Shout out to the Aqua Bar and Nightclub. When everything goes back to Norman and you find yourself in Key West, Watch and experience their nightly show. A f***ing amazing. Been there a few times and I love it. Always had a good time. Anyways, every group has their loud, outspoken crazies who are too radical and can't see reason. The LGBTQ plus community is no different. But I have met ones that are so genuine and so kind hearted. You turn them away and you conservatives continue bashing them and rejecting them. And when you say, I don't care with their lifestyle, but I like my gay co-worker. Saying that is just as bad. Their lifestyle is the same as yours, you idiot. 
They want to love, work to buy stupid sh- and want to live life to the fullest just like you do. The pro-choice people are always going to vote Democrat. I have a lot to say about abortion. I will leave that to a different episode. Conservatives are so quick to bash the pro-choicers and call them murderers. And guess what happens when the conservatives attack them verbally the way they do? The pro-choice people get defensive. And guess what? They vote Democrat. And I know that there's other groups that vote only uh, Democrats, but I can't think of anyone else right now. So conservatives, these are the groups that Republicans drove away and still continue to do so. They are not all Antifa. They are not all BLM. They are not all feminazis. They are not all SJWs. They're all not racists. They're all not like the elite celebrities. These are hardworking people who have certain beliefs that you are more than likely completely against. And you can't fault them when they say, I'm voting for a Democrat. Now, liberals, you have to think the same way. You have to flip it. Before I go into it, I want you to know and understand that it is all about optics right now. When you hear about the silent majority right now, when you see people who will vote for Trump, when you see Democrats this year voting Republicans, it is because of what they have seen and experienced in 2020. And it's mostly going to be based on fear. Think about this. When it comes to optics, you won't eat something if it looks You won't watch a show or a movie if it looks dumb. You won't wear certain things because of the way it will make you look. Like I said before, we all make decisions based on the way it looks and sounds. It's just the way it is. We want to believe everything is great, but we are all living in this world with a short amount of time and don't have time to experience it all. So we have to base most things on optics. I'm going to talk about things People have seen in 2020 things that radical liberals have done. Liberals, keep all that in mind when you question why more people don't support your side. This is why. Just for today, pretend you are not a liberal or anything. Just please look at the world from a different perspective. This is what we all see. And I need you to use common sense and logic and put your emotions to the side. It doesn't matter where you are from and what you look like. This is what the world's seen. We all have all seen Democrat mayors and governors blame Trump for their incompetence. They thought that they can play politics with the shutdown and support violent protesters, thinking it would not last long. And now they are having a really hard time keeping things calm. If you are far away from the chaos, it is easy to say that things are not as bad. But think about the people that are not part of the mob and having to live through this bullshit. Imagine all the places you love shopping at, places where you work and live. And imagine if this stuff happens right there where you live. Listen to people who work and live in those burnt down cities. They don't care about politics. They care about their livelihood. Atlanta, Baltimore, Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, Columbus, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, D.C., Houston, Indianapolis, Los Angeles, Louisville, uh, Memphis, Minneapolis, Nashville, New York City, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Portland, uh, Rochester, uh, St. Louis, Sacramento, San Francisco, Seattle. Who was in charge? Who was making all these dumb decisions to let things go as far as they did? We all see this. And we get more frustrated with the Democrats, even people from your side. When we all see radical liberal demonstrators set fires to a copy of the Bible, then throwing the United States flag on top of it, conservatives turns away. When we see countless liberals 
violently attacking Republicans and people who are just supporting the flag, when we all see Jacob's name on the football helmets because they don't care about the victims of sexual assault, when we see people oppose pedophilia and don't support shows like Cuties, but liberals call people who find stuff like that inappropriate white-wingers, what? When we all saw Democrats fighting Trump on containing the virus and went against him closing the borders, but then acted like he never did anything? Nobody remembers Pelosi walking around Chinatown trying to downplay the virus? People forgot about that. When we all saw LeBron James claim to be an advocate for social justice and human rights, but his Nike sneakers are made in China by slave laborers who work inside sweatshops. When we all see people pointing to the crime bill as an example of systemic racism for decades, but the Democrats nominated the guy who wrote and sponsored the bill and someone by his side who enforced it. When we all see teachers' unions pledge support to disband the police. When we all saw CNN standing in front of the camera saying it is mostly peaceful protests while a building is on fire behind them. When we all have seen governors shut down a multi-trillion dollar economy for a really low death rate because of politics. When we all saw Nicole Jones say destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. When we all saw Camilla Harris visiting a man who has been accused of sexual assault, and we all heard that she said that she was proud of him and how he is working through this pain. When we all see people getting arrested for opening businesses, but not for looting one. And if the looters and rioters do get arrested, you got liberal judges letting them go and elite celebrities belling them out. When we all saw photos of an Epstein victim massaging Bill Clinton, but he was still able to speak at the convention as an honored guest. When we all see only accusers that point fingers at a Republican that are to be believed, but not believe them when they point fingers at a Democrat. When we all saw Donna Hilton, a convicted rapist, torturer, murderer, and kidnapper speak at the DNC as an what? An impactful community leader. When we all saw a BLM leader say that he was not going to call for peace, that mayhem is the consequence, and we all earned it. When we have seen violent protesters injure thousands of police officers, kill numerous people, and do billions of dollars in damage, when we all see liberals express their opinions freely, and it is labeled free speech, but when we all see a conservative express their opinion freely, it is hate and intolerance. When we have seen people getting fired left and right all over the U.S. for being a conservative. When we all have seen mayors like Lifefoot defending bans on protesters on her block because, as she says, I have the right to make sure that my home is secure, but no one else in Chicago does. When we all have seen the entitled ignorant blocking traffic and stepping in front of cars while bashing the car's windows and climbing on top of them. And when the driver is trying to flee, they have the balls to yell, we're children. And then the media act like these people are angels. When we all have seen the same people who said Trump will destroy America, there's the same people burning American cities to the ground and blame Trump for letting it happen. When we all see conservative voices being blocked and buried on social media, 
All this stuff that is happening are from the radical left idiots who keep ruining the Democrats' message. The Democrats could have fixed the narrative so long ago, they just had to condemn it. That's it. And probably would have had a chance to beat Trump. But the more time the Democrats let this happen, and the more they blame Trump for it, the more people will turn the other way. History has shown that every time there was something like this, riots and sh- more people voted Republican. And it sucks for people who are Democrats, who don't condone all this violence. And sh- I remember seeing a video. It was a young woman who was yelling at this old black guy. She was yelling that he was a traitor, an Uncle Tom, for voting for Trump. He looked at them and said, I'm not voting for him. I'm voting for the police, law and order. I'm voting for the military and the veterans who fought and died for our country. I'm voting for the flag. I'm voting for the right to speak my opinion and not be killed, hurt, or censored. I think Democrats have great ideas. When something finally goes through, there is no one hired, no group of people to make sure things go smoothly. Then you got corrupt people taking charge and you don't see any changes and you don't see any of the money. You know, in my lifetime, I would love to hear a politician willing to work with the opposition to figure out how to handle important stuff. Take the police as an example. What if they worked together and decided that the police academy, let's say, now should be a four-year program? It would be great because it's not fair that someone who wants to be a lawyer has to go through eight years of school to understand the law enough to practice it, but it takes around, what, six months, six, seven months to learn it enough to enforce it? That's fucked up Anyways, the United States has become a place where entertainers and professional athletes are important. Like, we need them. I have always needed a doctor to help me stay healthy. I have always needed an unbiased teacher to challenge me and teach me new and exciting things. I have needed a mechanic to fix any problems with my car. I have needed an electrician to fix things so I don't kill myself doing it. I have needed a barber to cut my hair so I can look good for my wife. I have needed family and friends so I don't feel lonely. But I have never, ever needed, not once. A pro athlete, a talk show host, a newest anchor, a Hollywood celebrity for anything. Listen, as soon as we come into this world after your mom and dad and had you, we are all taught to hate, kill, lie, and cheat. No one is born hating. When you are little, you don't care about skin color. You don't care about religion. You don't care about politics. Nelson Mandela said it perfectly. If you can learn to hate, then you can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. We all should strive for things that better us, no matter what side you're on. We all should seek to liberate, seek to unite, seek to end racism for good, seek for a better education, seek foreign policies that protect us, seek to protect each other, seek to empower each other. Seek to welcome opposing ideas, to encourage individuality, to be able to have peaceful debates, to loudly promote hope, to be an independent thinker, to want to collaborate with the opposition, to want to seek the truth with facts and not opinion. We all should strive to make each other laugh and help each other grow strong, to respect each other's rights. If we could all look into each other's hearts, if we could understand the unique challenges each of us face. I truly, truly think that we would treat each other so much better. We would treat each other with more care, more love, more tolerance, and we would have a lot more patience. We all just want to be happy, not pissed off, not hurt, not stressed, 
not confused, just happy. You cannot change the world by arguing in somebody's comments or using violence or loot or riot. We have come to live in a society that's based on lies and on things that are just not true. And it creates an environment where these f***ed up people have power. We are all scared. But forcing change, the way we all have seen lately, it's not the way to go. I remember seeing Chris Rock. He, you know, he brought the problem to light perfectly. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know it's hard being a cop. I know it's hard. I know that shit's dangerous. I know it is, okay? But some jobs can't have bad apples, okay? Some jobs, everybody got to be good. Like pilots. <laughs> you know? American Airlines can't be like, you know, most of our pilots like to land. <laughs> We just got a few bad apples that like to crash in the mountains. Please bear with us. Chris Rock is so f***ing right. Nailed it. No riots, no nothing. He just said the right thing. Get people to be like, Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I said that in the last episode. It would be better if you could just come up with something in your argument that makes people say, hmm, you got a point. The problems of the United States were not created by one man in four years. We all have ignored that both parties have been failing us for decades. I told you this before, but in 2020, I have learned how much the president have control on cities. I always thought that the president can change anything. I know that's an ignorant thought, but I did find out this year that voting local is actually, in my opinion, more important. After a month, Trump wanted to open up, but he left it to the local government in your state and your city. So all these places still closed and are all local. If you are into voting, make sure you vote local. Don't ignore it. You always see the signs in your neighborhoods. Don't ignore it. It is important that you know who is making decisions in your own town. Listen, I don't support any hate group. Skin color doesn't mean you are either a good person or a piece of scummy. I will not apologize for supporting good cops. I will not apologize for loving everybody on the other side of the aisle. I will not bend a knee for no one except God. I will never be brainwashed by the media and celebrities again like I did in the past. I will never apologize for being an American. Let the gays get married. Let the f***ing rednecks have their guns. Let the atheists be atheists. Let the Christians be Christians. It's all about freedom, right? And what the f*** does that mean? It means that anyone, law-abiding citizens, can live life however you want without having to worry that someone is going to bash your face in or even kill you. As long as you're a good person and you obey the law, you have the freedom to do whatever you want as long as you are your genuine self. You can get baked, pick the f*** out, be happy as a furry, just be yourself, but let others even the people you disagree with be themselves too. It is only when people force their ways onto others that problems begin. And so many of you need to learn that. If someone is saying something that you don't like and you disagree with their beliefs, learn to disagree with them respectfully. Just listen. It's super easy to do. 
Here's what you do. You always focus on the facts, not opinions. Be willing to recognize the good in the opposition. Don't get personal. And if you feel like you can't get anywhere with someone being a and not being respectful to you, learn to move on, block them, and unfollow them. You will never see their shit again. It's magic. It's not worth the stress and aggravation. Take it from someone who was trolling people like crazy in 2016 because people were to me. It's no excuse. Before I end this segment, here's a quick thing about voting in person in November. If you can go to Walmart, your supermarket, McDonald's, Starbucks, restaurants, outdoor gyms, Chick-fil-A, Disney, going to parties, going to the beach, rioting, protesting, you can sure as hell stand six feet apart and do the same thing at voting stations. If you can do all those things, you are able to vote in person. Just don't forget to wear a mask.
that was what you need. If you want to check out more songs from Ariel and show her some loving, the link is in the description. getting weird but my life is getting even more routine monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday same 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 with more beer weekends did i seriously just watch all of that stupid sh- repeat 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 then die every day share an orgasm with that person that you love it's the only thing that might keep us sane After realizing this pattern, I've begun to ask myself, am I an NPC, a non-player character? I google this and find out that many others are questioning the same thing. Internally, we might be thinking of some f***ed up, unique, awesome thoughts, but the action is missing. Our responses are automatic, driven by our environments. Predictable. How's your day today? Good. What you doing? Binge watching Netflix. Yes, I love Post Malone. He's so original. Not like those other radio stars. Well, those canned responses definitely suck. Worse than watching paint dry. Stinkier than an old turd vomit-filled EDC porta potty in some sweaty Florida climate heat. So I'm asking, am I an NPC? Are you an NPC? Who the hell is doing anything that's unpredictable these days? Seriously, are you surprising yourself? Or does your best friend know exactly what you're doing? Your best friend being your f***ing dog. I almost feel like Elon Musk is the only person with anything going on. But maybe that's because he has everything going on. So suck it, Jeff Bezos. You're getting beat out by a South African American. Now, back to the point. Why do we feel this way? I mean, why do I feel this way? I'm speaking on behalf of all of us. I'm trying to solve my own damn problems. Could it be that we're so busy trying to follow all of the rules? That we have limited ourselves from any sort of unique opinion? Are we afraid of getting in trouble? Hell no. Uh, I hope that was your answer. Are we too exhausted to care? That's probably the truth. We choose a few things to identify with and feel obligated to keep this identity going for the rest of our lives. Can't possibly change now. It's too late. Besides, I got a degree. I married that wench. I just bought a house. All these excuses are sh- and they've put my life in stasis. Well, hot damn, that's some scary Might as well kill myself now so I can add to the suicide statistics. It'll probably end up getting counted as COVID anyways. All right, enough being a depressed mother Following the pre-programmed rules, doing all these things that people expect of you because you've been doing them for way too long and you haven't said no yet, or you say no, but they know when you're gonna say no. And when you say they, who is they? Those damn voices inside your head. They know what you're doing. But how can we defeat this mentality and take ownership of our lives? Become a main character in the story of our life. Not letting, you know, all those crazy people that you know that you're jealous of be the main center of your life. No, you are your star. First things first. Stop being a spy. Quit creeping on people's lives that don't even know you exist and making their business yours. Unless you plan on assassinating them. There's really not any point in getting caught up in somebody else's bullshit and having it prevent you from doing your shit. 
That's gonna be hard for me. I've got too many ex-boyfriends to stock and not enough time for even half of them. Plus, I gotta see what the president's been tweeting. How else am I gonna be prepared for the office dialogue and the Facebook arguments? Oh wait, I could just listen and hear what everyone else was talking about at the water cooler. It's not like I need to know anything because I'm gonna hear it right when I walk in the door and then it's gonna be forgotten and be something entirely different next week. And how about no current events for a week too? That rots your brain. No news, social media, politics, or what groups did bad things. I said a week, but that's probably setting the bar a little too high. Aim for a day, and then make an excuse that doesn't count, since it was on your homepage and you've got no self-control. So uh, I've got, you know, an easy solution. I have a good tendency of leaving my phone at home, and I've got an office phone. So, uh, you know, if I'm really needed, the people that really need to tell me something have that office phone number. If they have to, they will call it. They will page my boss. My boss might fire me, but the important message got out. All right, two, we're going to do something that the people with the power in our lives don't want us to do. We're going to be subversive. I'm going to tell the mailman to take all of that spam back. Return it to sender. I don't want to see any more campaign ads. I don't want to see a donation request for some, you know, lion charity that sends me a bag and tells me to put some shit in it outside my door. I'm going to mark it with a return to sender and I'm going to send it back. I actually did this a few years ago. I kept shoving it back in the mailbox. Return to sender stamp on the spam. Putting that red flag back up. My mailman would put it back down and wouldn't take the mail. We had a little fight off with it. And then eventually the mailman took the spam. I don't know why I quit. But uh, what are you going to do, you know? You can do something different. Just surprise somebody. Somebody that's exerting some kind of power in your life. Slap that nun's fist back. Don't let people run your life. Surprise them. Try to use that expired coupon at a completely different place and see what they say. Maybe they'll honor it. That used to be a thing. What are you going to do? Who is in power of your life and how are you going to piss them off? Because they need to know that you ain't no chicken sh- Three, you're going to find somebody that you think sucks, thinks completely different thoughts than you, or a group of people that you got in your mind. You're going to try to see things from their perspective instead of seeing them as the Antichrist. Come up with an actual point of agreement and prove to yourself that they aren't crazy for thinking differently than you. You probably agree that there are the same problems. You just have different solutions for the problems. I'm in the desert, out of water, and James Franco wants me to drink my own piss. I decide to take my chances and wait for rain. I only drink warm piss on OnlyFans, okay? So sorry, James Franco, but yeah... We both know that it's not good to be dehydrated in the desert. Ain't crazy. He's a survivor. I would die. Unless it rained. That'd be a miracle. Alright, the fourth thing that we're gonna do to not be an NPC, or at least as much of one, is we're gonna make ourselves uncomfortable by choice. Do not let another f- put you in that spot. You gotta do it first, so you're prepared when someone else does it to you. Or if you see something, you take that power away. Somebody tries to get up on you and do something nasty, you act like you're into it, you know? You could just take a cold shower, you know? You could sleep on the floor. You can fart in public, shit outside, hug a hobo. Just don't forget to put a clothespin on your shoulder to poke them if they poke you back. Yeah, had my share of hobo romances. Not very beautiful, but definitely spicy. Five, if someone asks you for your opinion, either give it to them or tell them you don't want to hear the truth because it ain't nice. Don't just say something to appease someone. Buttering someone else's bread is a problem because you are not their personal chef. We've created a world full of pansies and these pansies are the same people that don't even know how to change their spare tire. 
Now we're obligated to help them because we created them. Go practice changing your tires if you don't know. Hey, Greenpeace, this includes your bike tires. We can't always be asking for people to solve all of our problems. And we can't freaking... I'm going on a tangent here, but basically you have to be honest with people because it's really deceitful when you're not. That was stupid. I'm not talking about being mean to people. I'm talking about having an actual honest dialogue where you're developing a trusting relationship that they know that you're not just another sucker sucking on their... Number six. Whew. Similar. You're going to tip somebody that gets tipped what they deserve to be tipped. You know the difference between a $10 tip, a $5 tip, and a $0 tip. And you know some people don't deserve shit. Everyone's worked with that that needs a new career. And don't even get going about their bad day. If they only had one bad day, then they only get one bad day of tips. It's not that big of a deal. That's part of doing customer service. If you want to be an asshole, maybe you should become a cop. Because uh, that's an easy job to be an Because you can, you can really be like, I had 10 before you. Because you expect cops are pretty much dealing with that. Seven. Leave that boring ass party. Or movie. As soon as you aren't feeling it. <sighs> this place sucks. I don't even know if I'm coming back. I mean, I feel out of place. No matter if you stay or go. Either way, you'll be out of the cost of admission. But do you really want to lose another hour of your time? Only if you're a quitter. Am I right? Eight! Eight is my favorite number. Please support independent businesses instead of those chains that you can find pretty much everywhere. How else do you change what mainstream is without giving the little guys a chance? And not every little guy wants to make it big. Most just want to keep it cool and local, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. That's where you can find the real flavor, because everything else is just mass-produced. And that applies to music. Listen to people that don't get put on corporate radio. Even that weird alternative Series XM sh- that's still a bunch of hootenanny, it's all the same sh- It's like what's about to get put on top 40 before it gets put on top 40, but they already had it in the basket. I'm talking about go to the bar, find that cool band, and you can say, damn, I didn't know my neighbors were that talented, and stop buying the same EA sport every year. You're better than that. Seriously, it's like the same game every year. Maybe a couple new players. What the hell are you wasting your money on? Buy an independent game. Try something new. Be a part of the change. Make something a part of the change. Do not freaking go with mainstream because that's like the whole world now. Especially after this corona sh- A lot of little guys shut down. Gross. Alright, this was a lot of sh- for me and you to try to do. So we can take an active approach in our lives. Future segments, I'm going to come over and say some specific rules that we're expected to obey. That are dumb. And if it applies to you, you've got to break that rule if you agree with me. If you don't, and you think it's genuinely a good rule, that's fine. But don't be afraid to stir the pot. Because only an NPC does exactly what they're told without asking, what the darn cockadoodle is the point of this? What the darn cockadoodle? <sighs> what the darn cockadoodle? What the darn cockadoodle is this cock doing on my doodle? Tired of church, fed up with Buddhism, more confused than ever by Confucianism, your mosque getting mouldy, then you need Colts R Us. Yes, at Colts R Us, we're having a mad, mad, mad sale, and all religions must go. At Colts R Us, we have every kind of religion, from crucifixion to baptism. We've got time-tested old religions, new age religions, virgin sacrifice religions, end times religions, religions with any number of wives and weird ones with Wacky aliens and far out ones where you get to be the Pope.
be shy. You think about it all the time. You don't have a dirty mind. You just have a sexy imagination. Now it's time for sex talk. Hello, you sexy sluts. This is Rachel. There are people out in this chaotic world who think it's impossible to experience an orgasm from oral sex. That oral sex is not worth the time and effort. I can tell you, it is more than possible to achieve an orgasm during oral sex. If it's done right, it can even be better than regular sex. What? How is this possible, Rachel? Don't worry, my sexy. I will tell you what you need to know. I'm going to give you a little advice on oral sex. Before I get to the fun part, you must understand that it is important to keep safe. Yes, there's probably no risk of pregnancy from oral sex, but there's a high risk of oral STIs. The STIs that can be transmitted through oral sex include gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, HPV, and HIV. Know who you're going down on so you can easily ask if your partner has been tested. Okay. Oral sex is one of the most intimate and private acts a couple can enjoy. It may help couples feel more connected. It can lead to amazing orgasms. You will never feel closer to your partner than when their face is squished between your legs. It's a whole other level of intimacy. First, I want you to understand that genital areas come in all shapes and sizes. Don't spend time worrying about how yours compares to someone else, especially when watching porn. People also have a smell of some kind. Everyone is different. You can scrub and shave all you want, but you will have some natural odor down there. It's okay. Just make sure you're clean. How do you keep fresh? Avoid perfumes. It's not pleasant. All you have to do is shower, soap, and water. And do not stick anything in your vagina. No soap. No wipes. Just like everyone has a different smell, everyone has a different taste. If taste worries you, often it can come down to what you ate. Avoid any smelly foods, onions, garlic. Fruits have the most positive impact on how we taste and smell. Citrus, pineapple, mango, papaya, blueberries, all great choices when you want to taste sweet. Here are tips for those eating out vaginas. Take your time. It's kind of like foreplay. Enjoy it. Often, we rarely get enough foreplay. Men just want to stick it in and forget about the rest. Then we are just lying there, like, what the f***? We have to lie and be nice when you ask. Hey, how was it? Oh, it was really good, babe. No, it wasn't good at all. Take your time and explore your partner's body, her whole body. It can be way better when you involve other parts of her body instead of just focusing on one area. Her thighs, her back, the back of her neck every beautiful part of her body. And if you want them to have a better experience, they can kiss every body part except for her. Stay away from it as long as possible. Starting slow will get her really worked up. Don't give it all you've got right away. Take your time. Trust me. Get comfortable when eating her out. It doesn't matter how good you think you're doing. We just, we take longer to reach peak level of arousal. So get cozy and comfortable. The more comfortable you are, the better the experience will be for both of you. You will get to see your partner get turned on. You'll see if they're getting close to orgasm by how she's moving her body. Is she moaning? Is she thrusting into your mouth to meet your tongue? Is she wet? Is she grabbing your head and yelling, please don't stop? When you pay attention, you're going to make your partner very happy. Communication is key. It will help you know and understand what your partner enjoys. 
oral sex can be as fun for the giver as it is for the receiver. Ask questions. It'll make sex the best it can be. Ask your partner what turns them on. It'll be very helpful. And don't be afraid to ask if something feels good while you're doing it. It's okay if it doesn't end in orgasm. Orgasm shouldn't be the end goal during sex. Just focus and make sure your partner is enjoying themselves. When it sounds like she's really enjoying it, keep doing what you're doing. Be consistent. Don't go faster. Don't go slower. She enjoys it right now. Try using your finger. Ask her first. But sometimes gentle thrusting, maybe play around with her. But of course, ask first. When that comes with face sitting. It sounds exotic and amazing, but some women are pretty self-conscious. So just make sure you talk to her first. Okay, so those of you receiving blowjobs, there's a few things you may want to consider asking before you're directly in the act. You want to make sure you enjoy it, that your partner enjoys it. Ask before you push their head down. They may find that rude. Ask before you thrust into their mouth. Some people love face, but some people don't ask before coming on their face. Some people are into it. Some people aren't. Maybe they don't want to swallow. Ask if they want a warning before you come. Ask if they want to swallow or spit. All of these things are preference. All of these things can be even different relationship to relationship. It may feel good with one person and not with another. So just make sure you're open to the conversation and make sure you're validating how they feel. And from all of us who lick your balls, please wash them. Uh, Here are some tips for those giving blowjobs. Make a little eye contact. Confidence. You're in control. Have them watch. You definitely want to tease a little. Blow, lick, rub. Get them super worked up before you pull it in your mouth. Make them beg and go slow. You want them to take time when eating you out. So take time with a blowjob. Feel it. Be aroused by it. Make noises. Moan. The vibrations will feel incredible. Another consideration, ask if they want you to play with their balls. Ask if they want you to play with their Don't just assume. It makes an ass out of you and me. Then I like it in the butt. Okay, just like you, he might be into things that are different than your last partner. Everyone's different. Make sure you're communicating. Here are some fun positions. If you are new to oral... I recommend using a blindfold, music, anything that increases sensation. You can lay on your back, get on all fours, dangle your body over his face, sit directly on his face. Oh, that's another question for before in the act. Many men, when having someone sit on their face, like if it's a little harder to breathe. Again, conversations for before you're doing it. If laying on your back, tilt your pelvis up, put a pillow, um, stick your legs up over his shoulders. The added sensation is incredible. Stand up. Try it. Mm, You can also, 69, then you're both happy at the same time. Lots of moaning, lots of groaning, and it feels really good. And probably the most important thing that I will ever, ever, ever tell you is do not fake it. Please You are worth so much more than faking it. Your partner is worth so much more than you lying. If you fake it, I will know and I will be sad. Don't make me sad. Make sure you're open with one another about oral sex so you can both be on the same page. Have a comfortable discussion before going down. Talk about what you both like, what you don't like, any fantasies, anything you want to try. That way, when you're in the heat of the moment, 
you know the rules. Whichever positions you choose and whatever technique you use, have fun with it. Exploring is half the fun. All right, horny people, thanks for listening. This is Rachel. You can find me at rachelreagan.com and I will talk to you next month. The next song we're going to listen to is Outside of Omaha by Songs from the Road. Outside of Omaha, white river memories running through my mind. I see it plain as day, your smile face in a simpler time. Love did cause a thing, time was free and talk was cheap. But we were younger then, high on promises we couldn't keep. Wheels are turning in my head Faster than those worn-out treads are rolling The signs keep pointing back to you Through skies of blue and gold And wheat fields blowing There's no way of knowing You still care at all Outside of Omaha said goodbye Girl, I don't recall what it was that I thought I'd find As the miles roll by, I practice all the ways I'll try to say that I still love you I just hope and pray it's not too late Turning in my head Faster than those worn-out treads are rolling The signs keep pointing back to you Through skies of blue and gold And wheat fields blowing There's no way of knowing You still care at all Outside of Omaha Saying I'll be coming by If you want to see me Leave the porch light all Faster than those worn-out treads are rolling The signs keep pointing back to you Through skies of blue and gold And wheat fields blowing There's no way of knowing You still care at all Outside of Omaha was outside of omaha if you want to check out more songs from them and want to show some support the link is in the description today's podcast is brought to you in part by dick's rooster hot sauce the cock that comes to you brendan put the knife down brendan put the knife down hi guys yeah this is gregory over here uh, i'm brendan's father you know hunter activist 
Politician, um, but yeah, I, I thought it would be a good idea to teach my son how to use a knife. You know, self-defense, hunting, politicianing. You know, he's he's not listening to me anymore. I mean, he's three years old. You know, he should he should, he should know better. Brent, Brandon, put the knife down. Hey, hey don't, don't you look at me like that, Mister Spaghettios? Do not does not require knife assistance, sir. Put the knife down. Don't you Chuck Norris me? I see you Chuck Norris. I mean, I was Steven Seagal. Your ass all the way to boarding school, sir. Wow. Should have just taught him how to use a gun. <coughs> Whoa, man. Welcome to the segment. Man, this is smoke. Oh, sorry. Oh, don't worry. Oh, it's not COVID. It's chronic. Oh, my God. Thank God. Bless California. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. I took a big hit. <coughs> I did not <coughs> expect. <coughs> Whoa. <coughs> All right, let's get back to the show. All right, welcome, guys. Um, this is my first show ever made. Uh, you know, I'm Smokes with the Tribe. <coughs> oh, my God. It's basically just, um, you know, my testimony of how I just kind of got tired of Florida, tired of where I was, um, tired of who my, you know, quote unquote friends were, you know, had an opportunity to come here to the beautiful California and, um, you know, to visit my sister, you know, holiday, yada, yada, yada. Long story short, um, on the way back to Florida on, you know, LAX, I ripped my ticket in half. You know, back to Florida, I ripped it in half, and uh, my dad looked at me and he's like, "Okay, you know, my, you know, you know what you're doing, you know." And I was like, "Yeah, you know," I said bye to them, and uh, yeah, then I was in LAX for four days. That was fun. I felt like Tom Cruise in Terminal. You know, I was like, "All right, I'm here, I'm chilling, changing terminals," and finally I got fed up with it, and I uh, walked to the, you know, the LAX police department, and I was like, "Yo, I need a house, please." You got a house? You got a house in here? <laughs> you know, and then uh, I remember his name was um, Officer Sean. Sean, I can't, I'm not going to disclose his last name, but awesome dude. And he was like, yeah, man. Um, he said, go wait at Terminal 5 for like two hours. So I did that. And yeah, he picked me up with two of his buddies. And, you know, I was in a cruiser, back of a cruiser, you know, innocent for the first, you know, <laughs> Okay, yeah, anyway. And um, almost an hour later, they brought me to uh, a shelter here uh, by Wilshire and Federal. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, cause you know, shout out for the government's help on that. They turned a, you know, an armory into a homeless shelter. And I thought that was pretty cool and uh, blessed me for a few nights there. After that, you know, I was, you know, on the street cause you can't just stay there all day. They kick you out in the morning. You know, I went out and I didn't know anybody. Nobody, man. I had, you know, I'd God in my heart and I had, you know, the people I knew on my phone. I had their phone numbers. So I eventually met Gilligan and he taught me how to, you know, fly a sign. So my first sign was horrible. It was just like, you know, money, please, whatever. You know, I'm sitting in traffic, you know, I'm just holding my sign up. And, and then I finally, you know, I Googled, I Googled it. All right, I came with a sign and it said, uh, ex-wife had better lawyer. I had got my backpack next to me, you know, my sleeping bag, whatever, all that stuff. And uh, it worked, it worked magic. Yeah, it was great. Like, man, I'll never go hungry as long as I have a Sharpie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, I just learned so much. Like, man, I know I'm babbling a little bit, but long story short, I'm Wayne Grant. I'm South African. I came to Florida. Long, long story. But hopefully we can get to that sometime. And uh, what I'm doing, I came to California because I'm going to pursue my dream of being an entertainer. I don't know if I want to make movies yet. I don't know. I know I'm going to definitely be start. I'm going to start streaming soon whenever I get my place, which is, you know, should be very soon, but I'm just going to keep doing the podcast, just keep being myself, and, you know, uh, hopefully you guys can reach out, you know, I've been through some shit, 
you guys need someone, you feel me? Like I've been there, you know? But yeah, that's about it, man. And uh, my testimony is basically this. I was on the street, I got my, got my stimulus money, I bought an electric bicycle, I got a job delivering some food, and I'm moving up the chain. So keep in touch with Smokes with your tribe, man. Um, it's just an introduction. Hopefully you guys, you know, can, you know, it's, it's heartfelt. So, all right, well, yeah. Uh, Smokes with the tribe out. You guys have a good evening. All right, yeah, and a big shout out to um, my brother-in-law, Stephen Daniel, for, um, you know, just doing what he's doing. He's going to be, he's a great guy. He really is a great, all-around great guy, like it says in the intro, and I can vouch for that. All right, Smoke's out. The last song we're going to hear is I Cry by 13. Opened up my eyes, my eyes, when I see the truth, I cry, I'm singing to myself, why is this the way that we live? Born in a boondocks, raised in a ghetto, was raised with that hip-hop, mixing with heavy metal. Walking with a boombox, banging Pantera I'm already confused, I'm thinking it's just the booze Remember me, remember me, cause I solely remember you All my pain and my struggles is cause of you I hope you're listening to this I got so many problems, yo, it's good with this coincidence I got some just an incident, a profit for imprisonment Minority, signing up in the army Just to get away from the problems you came in, yeah, you sorry You tried to brainwash me with Atari And then my pleasant police, look at you, you got me angry Now you starting up some beef Notice I was never arrested outside of my presence to these motherfuckers have me arrested And if you forgot about me Let me take your mind and refresh it You're the one that f***ed up my adolescence God I opened up my eyes, my eyes When I see the truth I cry I'm singing to myself I don't wanna stay in this I opened up my eyes, my eyes When I see the truth I cry I'm singing to myself Why is this the way that we live? And I'm depressed, I remember my whole adolescence The only way to let it off my chest is by a message People wonder why I'm psychotic Plus it happens, and no matter what I do I put it all up in the cabin Everybody's like, what the f*** with this rapping Why he keep rapping this I don't want you to feel my pain I want you to feel them bricks I'll be snapping like every 10 minutes I guarantee you what I'm rapping Ain't no f gimmick, nah Son, I'm f***ing heated I'm feeling bad when I'm grieving I was hurt when I heard I lost Steven Uncle, you got me through college, and I thank you forever. If it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for my aunt, if it wasn't for my grandmother, moms wouldn't stand. If it wasn't for my grandmother being on my mama, I love you. Thank you for giving breath to me. Man, I give my life to God. Ain't no even worry me. Dirty. I opened up my eyes, my eyes. When I see the truth, I cry. I'm singing to myself. I don't want to stay in this. I opened up my my eyes when I see the truth I cry I'm singing to myself why is this the way that we live I'm thinking like it's nothing but I'm thinking like it's something vocab got me drunk listen up you little punk so sick with the sober intelligence and it's irrelevant minority veteran I'm up American. I wish I had a million wishes, wish I had a thousand kisses, wish I had a couple kids, wish I had a little missus. Said a lot of things up in my life I really regret. I wish I could reverse the time and take everything back. I opened up my eyes, my eyes, when I see the truth I cry. I'm singing to myself, I don't want to stay in this. I 
opened up my eyes, my eyes When I see the truth I cry I'm singing to myself Why is this the way that we live? That was 13's I Cry. If you want to hear more songs from 13, follow the link in the description. You got some uh, good news? Hold on a sec. Patient has been complaining of low viewership and also showing an extreme lack of respect for the country. New anthem and more kneeling is still not acceptable. Uh, MRI suggests that the patient has a destructive mindset that is really set on going broke due to being woke. This absurd trend is extent, has extended to other sports as well. Uh, since the patient's last visit, there has been a slight increase in emotion and stress as their hatred for America and the president continued to grow. We will continue to monitor the decrease of viewership. Uh, excuse me. Yes. I'm sorry, but I, I didn't follow any of that. Is is there something wrong with me? If you look here on your uh, um, MRI, uh, you can see how you will be able to see how unpatriotic you are, um, NBA. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I'm the NFL. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, my mistake. Um, do you have any questions? Uh, from what it looks like, uh, here is, it is not, uh, Trump's fault. Now, uh, all the tests, uh, confirm that this is, uh, your doing. No one else. Oh. So, uh, what are you saying? NFL. I am sorry to inform you, you have colon cancer. Colon cancer? Yes. It, it, it is short for Slave Labor Force Owns Colon Kaepernick Cancer. Wow. Who? Colon cancer, huh? Colon cancer is a result of hating America so much. It, is there anything I can do? Unless you stop being political, it is only going to get worse. <laughs> oh, wow. I just never thought that this would happen. We were always great. Americans always loved us. It is what happens when you go woke. You go broke. Uh, we're lucky we caught the colon cancer before it gets worse. It is possible to be rid of it. But as I said, it requires you to act like an American and not a... Do you, uh, do you think I'm going to be okay? I, I have seen mature. I have. Uh, I believe you can get better and gain all your viewership back. And it will take time for Americans to forgive... And trust okay, you again. Okay, I get it. Thank you, Doctor. If you need uh, someone to talk to, we have an excellent staff of Marines and patriotic psychologists here in the hospital. They specialize in cases like this. Uh, so, you know, these sort of matters. Uh, they'll help you. They'll be able to help you out. Really? All right. Well, again, thank you, Doctor. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you for listening to Out of Place Episode 8. If anything I said in this episode offended you in any way, I don't give a damn and a half. Cry to your mom, cry to Karen, cry to your mayor, cry to your neighbor, or anybody that will listen to a sensitive snowflake. Just know and understand that no one cares. Want to show off an original or cover song? Have a serious or silly question? Or just want to do some business? Just find me on social media. To my listeners who made it to the end, I love you and I appreciate you. Goodbye, and always remember to smile.